This morning in our scripture lesson, we hear a warning that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ issues toward the end of his Sermon on the Mount. Now I want to back up just a little bit uh, and go back over this. And as I go through this, think of what's going on at General Conference today. Think of what's going on in our world today and realize that these words are just as pertinent to us today as they were over 2,000 years ago. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone to me, not, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word this morning. He says that many are going to stand before him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And didn't we cast out demons in your name? And didn't we perform miracles in your name? And they're going to be surprised. It's going to shock them that they're not going to be allowed to enter heaven. I share this message with you this morning because this warning is for us today, as I said earlier, just as it was 2,000 years ago. There's another passage that goes along with this one, I think. It's not a parallel passage, but it covers the same content. And Jesus gives a little more insight into what we're talking about here. It says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You see, calling Jesus Lord obviously doesn't get you into heaven. Saying that he's Lord doesn't get you there. Doing great works in Jesus' name 
won't get you into heaven. There's a big debate that's been going on since the time that Jesus left about faith and works. It's not a new debate. We see James, the brother of Jesus, address it when he says, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. It's faith that saves you. But here is where the false prophets come in. Some of the false prophets will tell you that since it's faith that brings salvation, all you have to do is believe that Jesus died for your sins. And that's it. Nothing more. Anything else is going to be adding to the cross. And that is going to actually be a dishonoring of Jesus. In fact, some of the prophets today will tell you that if you try to do good to please God, you're dishonoring what Jesus did on the cross. Just ask Jesus into your life and then keep on sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or keep on doing drugs or keep on doing whatever you've been doing. Just ask him in and let him do his work. That's a message from false prophets today. Here's another there are other false prophets that will tell you that since Jesus died on the cross, nobody has to do anything because he died for everybody. So everybody is saved whether they know it or not. It doesn't matter what you believe. Even Satanists and unrepentant uh, child killers are going to go to heaven. So don't worry. Just be happy and enjoy whatever floats your boat. And know that everything's going to be okay. There are other false prophets who will tell you, the Jesus I believe in would never do that to anyone. He wouldn't send anyone to hell. He loves everybody, and that would be mean. Well, let me tell you, if that's your Jesus, you're worshiping the wrong Jesus. Because it's Jesus who tells us that there's going to come a time when mercy and grace have ended. There's going to come a time when the offer of salvation is over and judgment has come. Let me tell you, it's out of love that Jesus warns us that not everybody is going to heaven. He warns us because he wants everyone to go to heaven. Peter explains this whenever he's talking about the end times coming and the Lord's return. And he says, the Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. He warns us. He warns us because this is so serious. He wants everyone to go to heaven, and he's gone to great lengths to provide a way for us to get there. And he's patient, and he keeps on calling. He keeps on trying to get our attention, but there will come a time when mercy and grace will have been spent. 
mercy, and grace are extended at this time so that we can be saved. Sadly, even though he wants us all to go to heaven, he tells us in other places that not many are going to make it. He tells us that broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life and that few are there who enter in. I'm sharing this with you this morning because he wants you to be one of those few that enter in. He wants you to search your hearts and make sure that you're not surprised when you stand there before the Lord on that day that he says is coming. He wants you to make sure that you are right with him. So have you ever noticed how many of Jesus' parables talk about time running out? How there comes a time when there's no more mercy or grace. There's a time of judgment. The tenants of the vineyard that ultimately killed the son and cast him out. That was it. And then came a time of judgment. The tares and the wheat, they stay in the field together until it's time for the harvest. The foolish and the wise virgins, some got to go with the bridegroom, some did not. Lazarus and the rich man, time had run out for the rich man. There's a time when judgment will come and the offering of mercy and grace will end. So, what does it take to get into heaven? It takes faith, just like the false prophets will tell you. But it's not supermarket, pick and choose what you want your faith to be. It takes the faith that is laid out in God's Word, the Bible, from cover to cover, beginning in Genesis, all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, you know, people, uh, they get scared of the book of Revelation. I would encourage you, read it again. And if you look at it closely, you will see that even in the times of wrath, God is offering salvation. When the church is taken out, he sends witnesses to proclaim the gospel so that people can be saved. When the witnesses are taken out, he has angels flying around proclaiming the gospel. And yet there are people that are going to be so recalcitrant in their sin and love their sin so much and hate God so much that they're going to be just begging the mountains to fall on them because they're so miserable. And all they have to do is repent. Pride is a horrible, horrible thing. Pride keeps people from heaven. But God, to the very end, is going to be calling and trying to reach every last person that he can. But there will come a time when mercy and grace will be no more. It takes faith in God, a real faith in God, really trusting in him and trusting what he says is true and acting out of that trust, 
trusting that what he says about sin and his word is true. Trusting that what he said about how we can be saved from our sin is true. Repentant, obedient faith. That's the kind of faith that saves. Truly repentant. Faith that exercises the option of turning your back on sin and turning your face toward God. Repentant, obedient faith. Adam and Eve practiced lawlessness when they disobeyed God. They broke faith with God. It's the same today. God has laid out in his word very clearly what lawlessness is. Remember, he told them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's called sin. When you know what God wants you to do and you don't do it, that's sin. And you are practicing lawlessness and you're putting yourself in that group that he says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. When you know what God has told you not to do and you do it, you sin. You practice lawlessness. If something is laid out clearly in God's word as sin and you don't know it and you do it, it's still sin and you're still practicing lawlessness. If it's laid out clearly and you know it and you choose to disobey God's word, you are practicing lawlessness. I'm going to share with you quickly three lists where God makes it perfectly clear what you shouldn't do. Three lists from the Bible. As I go through them, I want you to ask yourself three questions. First, are these present in our society today? Do you see these things going on in our society today? Next, do I endorse or encourage any of these things? And then finally, am I doing any of these things? First list comes from the Old Testament from the book of Proverbs. It says, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Something that's an abomination to God is detestable to him. He doesn't like it. One, it's sometimes translated haughty eyes. Sometimes it's translated a proud look. It's basically just being prideful and haughty. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. If you've watched the news the last month, you have seen all these things going on right before your eyes on television. Next list. This one comes from 1 Corinthians 6th chapter 9th through the 11th verses. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And see, this is what's happened to those people that stand shocked before God. Whenever Jesus says, depart from me, 
you who practice lawlessness. They have been deceived by false prophets or they have deceived themselves. And so Paul again warns us, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Then he goes on and says, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Last list comes from the very end of the Bible, from the book of Revelation. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Again, trying to get our attention, warning us so that we will make ourselves available and that we will avail ourselves of God's wonderful mercy and grace. Now, if you practice any of those things, you're practicing lawlessness and you need his mercy and his grace. God's provided it through the cross of Jesus, and he's made it clear there's no other way for you to be saved. If you're telling others that God will not judge them for these things, then you're being a false teacher, and it will be worse for you, Jesus says, than those that you lead astray. Jesus is warning us now so we can be saved. That's the good news. We can be saved. Now, let me tell you, this is the faith that saves you. Repentant, obedient faith. A faith that believes that sin condemns to hell and that you need a Savior to get back on the right track with God and quit practicing lawlessness. Brothers and sisters, this is what has brought us to this special general conference that's been called this week. False prophets have been trying to get the church to say that homosexuality and same-sex marriage aren't sinful anymore. Our church's stance at the moment is one of the most Christian in any denomination. We say that homosexuals are people of worth. They're due the ministry of the church But homosexuality is not compatible with Christian teaching. Basically, we're to love them and respect them just as we'd love any other sinner, but we cannot condone their sin. And that's what we're voting on this week at at General Conference is which way we're going to go. So pray for our denomination. I plead with you as it's in session this week that we as a whole 
as a denomination did not become a denomination filled with false prophets deceiving people in danger of judgment into thinking that they are in good standing with God when they are not. I also encourage you to take Jesus' warning extremely seriously for yourselves. Think hard on this subject of salvation. We need to think very hard about whether we really do know God and do his will, not just the will of somebody else or practicing the opinion of somebody else. Because Jesus' chilling warning was not intended just for us to point a finger at somebody else. It's intended to make us think about our own lives, whether we both practice God's will and share an an accurate version of the gospel by which people may be truly saved. And so this morning, I invite you to do just that. Are you merely a professor of Christ? One who says, yeah, Jesus is Lord, but you're practicing lawlessness? Or are you a possessor of Christ and a follower of Christ? Have old things passed away for you because you are a new creature in Christ? Have you believed and repented? Let's pray. Oh Lord, we ask that you search our hearts this morning and through your Holy Spirit, Convict us of sin if we have anything in our lives which is not acceptable to you. If we have been advocating anything that's not in accordance with your will as revealed in your word. Forgive us, wash us, and cleanse us. If we haven't really received you, help us to repent and truly turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen.